Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Mike Freeman. Enjoy. Okay, sorry I'm a bit disheveled and tripping on my skirt, but it's not a skirt, it's a robe. My, and, um, all right. wow, there we go. Oh, it's good to see you all. Brent, I was going to say, Brent, you exhaust me, but I want to say, Brent, you bless me. Thank you. This is, this is good this morning. You know, I was beginning to think, well, worship and ministry could just continue on for the next about 40 minutes. And then it would be, oh, darn. We didn't get to the mic part. Oh, darn. <clears throat> Leading a, a uh, well, we, my wife and I have actually led, facilitated home groups for uh, for many, 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 many years. And um, uh, the last one that we, uh, well, it's, it's one actually that, that carried me through uh, cancer and, and chemo. Uh, this was t- uh, 2012. And so, I mean, half the time I was just, I mean, I was just dead. Um, my wife said actually I was dead the whole time, but I still would insist just half the time. Uh, one week in the tomb, one out. But they, they kept on. You know, through the whole time, they kept on. I hear them singing. Uh, surrounded my hospital bed. That's community. Uh, community is the place where we find our identity. And I know you're thinking, so what's up with a habit? Why are you... Dressed in a robe, I've been greeted as friar. I've been greeted as, I don't know if anybody said reverend. Somebody needs to say reverend before the morning is done. Or holy reverend, or most, okay. Uh, Although someone did say, good morning, rabbi, which was a really interesting, that was an, yeah, the cross-dressing rabbi, okay. Um... Wow, that has layers to it. Okay, okay. Actually, what, um, what really prompted this this morning is I, I read the devotions this morning, um, which I'm not going to, by show of hands, embarrass you is how many of you read the devotions this morning. But it, you know, on Sunday, you know, we're trying just a lighter touch, and I just told a story, and it's a, a story of Francis and, and Claire and so I mean, I'm going to read this. I hadn't planned on it. I didn't know actually how I'd introduce. And the way this introduction is going, it might be like the whole thing. But, um, but here's the story. I mean, if you know Francis and Claire, I usually clarify that we're not talking about House of Cards. We're, we're talking about St. Francis of Assisi and his sister Claire. Now, that's his sister in the Lord. Um, we're dealing with like 13th century. I think, like 1200s. Um, 
He took a vow of poverty, of chastity. He just took Jesus serious. He lived the Sermon on the Mount. He said, what if Jesus were serious? Oh, I'm going to live like he was serious. I'm going to do just exactly what he says to do. And most thought he was just crazy. Which, hey, try that and you'll get the same thing. I mean, seriously. Try living the Sermon on the Mount and people will say that you are out of your mind and unfit for the times because the times require a different beat. Um, but Francis and Claire, Claire had a petition for Francis. She said, all I ask is to share a meal with you, Father. Claire pleaded when Francis visited her at uh, San Damiano. It's not so simple, sister, he said. What could be more simple than sharing a loaf of bread, a handful of raisins, some boiled carrots? A dozen times I have asked you. A dozen times you have refused. Why? Please, Claire. There was anguish in, anguish in his voice. Do not ask me again. Boldly, she reached for his hands and drew, the, and drew bold, let's see. Boldly, she reached for his hands and drew them to her. He pulled them back as if her hands were vipers. She turned away, her eyes blinded by tears. Okay, welcome to community. All right. Later, his companions pressed him. Father Francis, why are you so strict with her? She's given up everything to follow the path that God has shown you. Her wealth and privilege, her beautiful hair, physical intimacy, her love is pure. Why don't you eat with her? This small thing would be so consoling to her. It is not the purity of Claire's love I don't trust, Francis admitted. It is my own. But the brothers persisted. Once again, welcome to community. You know, we just roll over too soon sometimes, people. Sometimes we need to persist just a bit. The brothers persisted, and Francis finally relented. Knowing that Claire had been cloistered for a long time, Francis arranged a meal to be served at St. Mary of the Angels, where Claire had first cut off her long golden curls as a sign of her pledge of devotion to Lady Poverty. When the day of her meal with Francis arrived, the brothers escorted Claire to St. Mary's. She prostrated herself before the altar of the Blessed Mother and lay still for a long time. Finally, the brothers lifted her to her feet and led her outside where Francis had prepared a simple lunch and laid it on the bare ground. I hope you're just noticing the details of the story. As they sat down to eat, Francis began to speak about God. He held an olive in his hand, but it never reached his lips. Clara picked up a cup of water and immediately put it down again. Their knees were almost touching. All right, I would dare say, whoa, okay, this is scandalous. In this context, it's like a holy of holies. Their knees were almost touching. Their faces were luminous. The companions stood nearby in reverent silence. The people of Assisi glanced toward the forest where St. Mary's was nestled, and flames were leaping from the tops of the trees. Fire, fire, they yelled. Someone rushed up the bell tower and sounded the alarm. Others filled buckets, loaded them onto donkeys, and raced towards the conflagration. It's great to have a congregation. Maybe sometimes congregations can become conflagrations in the right ways, sometimes too often in the wrong ways. They race towards the conflagration. 
But when they burst into the clearing where the church stood, nothing was burning. Nothing but the hearts of Francis and Claire, who sat together in divine rapture, their tongues silenced by grace, their eyes lifted towards the invisible realm from which the holy fire came. When the meal was over, Claire, who had eaten nothing, left more satisfied than she had ever been in her life, so filled that she was never hungry again. Francis was overcome with sweet emptiness, an emptiness that consumed him until the day he died. Yeah, welcome to community. Somebody gets the filling, somebody gets a sweet emptiness, and it's all good. Wow. We're talking about finding our identity and the specific nuance that I want to submit for your consideration this morning is that when we find our people, we find our identity. There are actually two rhythms that we observe in the life of Jesus. Um, I Look at all the books I've read just to teach this morning, okay? <laughs> Serious preparation went in here. I mean, seriously, I read all these. Okay, well, this one here is a Bible. Didn't actually read through the whole thing this last week. Some of you think I do that right after I walk on water in the morning. Didn't happen. Okay, didn't happen. But I, but I have read these three. Okay, technicality, um, life together is, is one that I'm about halfway through, but I got exactly where I needed to this morning. Um, Life Together is by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, written in the mid-30s. Oh, that would be 1930s. So it's nearly 100 years old. C.S. Lewis said, um, his wisdom was, for every new book you read, read an old one. And if that's too much for you, then okay, for every three new ones you read, read an old one. But read an old one. An old one gets you out of the short-sightedness, the myopia of our own culture and time. Um, so it's, it's always a good check. What's, what's significant here is that, I mean, this is a short book. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German theologian, young man. I'm trying to remember how old he was in the 1930s. He probably would have been like maybe in his early 30s, maybe late 20s, so a young man. Hitler was coming into power. Bonhoeffer was... Well, he was taking a stand. And he actually, well, we called it the illegal seminary. I think it was Finkenwald or Finkenwalde. It's been a while since I had German in high school. But it was, he lived together with seminary students. They experienced life together intensively. And this is the book that came out of it. Now, I appreciate books that aren't about well, they're not just written by somebody about a topic or somebody who's investigating a topic, but somebody who's been in it and is speaking of it from that position of being in it. And that's how he writes. And he just has, um, well, he's, he's got like four chapters, I think it is, four chapters. I had it here. Oh, okay, five chapters. Community. That's chapter one. Chapter two, the day with others. Chapter three, the day alone. Those two middle chapters those cover the basic rhythms of human existence. The day alone, the day together. And we see both rhythms on display in Jesus of Nazareth. 
You go to Mark chapter 1. I'm not going to turn to it. I'm not going to put it up on PowerPoint. Just, just go to it. Hopefully. And if you don't know Mark, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just summarize. But, but, but Mark begins, we're introduced to Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River, right? And of course, he immediately stepped out into a great big revival service with thousands of peasants. No, no, what did he do? What did the Spirit drive him? With the same word that's used of driving Adam and Eve out of the garden, right? He was expelled from baptismal waters into what? By the Spirit of God. Into the wilderness. For how long? For 40 days and 40 nights. He ate nothing. He saw no one. He was with the wild animals. And the tempter was there. See, that's why we fear solitude. This is why we don't want to learn how to be alone because we face the shadow, the shadow in us, the shadow around us. Okay, I just painted a really bad picture, didn't I? Yeah, good advertisement for the we want to be a left alone group. Um, Jesus knew the rhythms of being alone, and that wasn't just like he did that once, check it off the list. But Mark tells us, I think, at the end of, of chapter 1, because his people were clamoring to him because he started doing things, casting out a demon in the synagogue, a very public place, and then people lining up outside the door of, of Simon's house and healing them into the night. And Jesus got up a great while before the day and did what? He went out into solitary places. And then they did what? So they'll do exactly what you will experience Whenever you try to be alone, especially if you have a satchel of children, they will come looking for you. And like Liam Neeson, they will find you. They have a certain set of skills. They came looking for him. Everybody's looking for you. Everybody wants a piece of you. To which Jesus said, then let's leave. Let's go to the other towns and villages. And Mark just noticed, note, noted the ongoing practice is Jesus was always going out into solitary places. Usually a great while before it was day, which is maybe not good news to those of us who are not morning people. But nighttime works too. Okay, find the rhythm that works for you. The point is the day alone and then the day together, the day with others. What did Jesus immediately do when he came out of his wilderness experience alone? Well, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees what? He sees two brothers. One was named Simon, and the other Andrew. And that makes me want to introduce Andrew right now, but we'll wait for a minute. And he does what? He calls them. Hey, you guys, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish. Ultimate catch. They drop their nets, they follow him. Goes a little bit further, he sees two other brothers, James and John. Actually, it's Jacob, that's a little pet peeve of mine. It's Jacob. All the Jameses in the New Testament don't exist. They're all Jacobs. Okay, I've entered. But he sees them. And he says, you come follow me. And they followed him. The day alone, the day with others. The day alone, the day with others. Jesus lived both rhythms. And so who are we to think that we can do any less? He showed us humanity as it's intended to be. 
And we can be such solitary creatures. And there's an epidemic of loneliness. The day alone, the day with others. Now, as we, we're really focusing on the day with others at this point. Uh, you know, I love the fact that Rihanna really tried to launch a book club where you just came together, left each other alone, didn't talk, and just read books separately. Everybody stayed home. <laughs> I love the effort. I'm trying to remember what she called it, but it's like, girl, you've got chutzpah. That's good. I like that. The day alone, the day with others. Jesus experienced both rhythms. We come to the church in the book of Acts, and those rhythms continue on, right? What's on display that really catches our attention is, is when you, you've got the Holy Spirit coming, and because they're gathered in an upper room, their knees practically touching, and there is a fire, a conflagration, right? Tongues of fire, and they're all speaking with tongues, and they have to take this game to the streets. Welcome to community. All right, because you see, when the real deal shows, you don't just sit in the room and discuss what just happened. Let's just debrief and talk a little about what we're experiencing right now. You forced them out of the room. And they went out in public and they all began speaking. And they were speaking in other languages, all these different dialects, the wonderful works of God. And it causes a stir, causes a ruckus, right? Everybody gathers. Then Peter preaches in one language everybody can understand, I'm assuming, Greek. 3,000 are baptized that day. And we've been trying to replicate that experience ever since. But it's beyond replication. It's not meant to be replicated. Stop trying to replicate Acts as he's talking about Acts. But there's a dynamic and there's a rhythm there's a pattern of life. And that's what these people immediately got as they continued steadfastly. Okay, and that's this word. I want you to say this word with me. Okay? It starts with C. C-O-M-M-I-T-M-E-N-T. -E it's called... I'm having trouble saying it. <laughs> Com commitment. Oh, yeah. To continue steadfastly means that they were committed to this. They kept showing up at the table. They kept showing up at the table daily. They were showing up at the table. I don't know what they did as far as those who were slaves and had jobs. I think they just worked around it and they made a beeline to get back to the table. Which, by the way, in that season of the year, April, May, is up on the roofs. Because that's where you ate your meals at night. The sun goes down or is going down. Everybody's up on the roof. And it's kind of like movie night out on the field. All with your blankets. And you're wondering, hey, what are they having? Well, that group seems to be really... Just imagine that, and you've got all these new Jesus people. And Andrew, this is your cue, because we actually have an ancient pew. It's an archaeological wonder. I want to show you an ancient pew. 
because this is what they're doing on those rooftops or in the upper rooms when the weather was inclement. This is my friend Andrew. Everybody welcome Andrew. All right. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's do that there. How do we decide to do... We're going to have this open, right? Uh, yeah. I think back here. Okay. Behold... First century pews, right? Okay, so we're going to assume the position, Andrew. Go ahead, you're right there. There, You have to imagine a table right on this other side here. Um, Yes, there we are. And I I need somebody. James? Okay, come on. Right here, James. Come on. (laughs) Sila, let him go. It's going to be okay. Everybody give a hand to James. Mr. Rich. Okay, right here. Just right alongside me. Just like that. Be very afraid. Okay. 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 All right. We are reclining at table. All right. Andrew, he's in my bosom. Go ahead, lean back, man. And now we can have a conversation. I could even give him a holy kiss. Okay, I'm freaking a lot of you out right now. I'm imagining I'm imagining the optics of this moment I'm just I'm imagining the optics of this moment who are these people okay meet John meet Jesus meet Lazarus meet Abraham and the beautiful thing is I can say, hey, Andrew, hang on a second. Because I'm now, I'm in my brother James's bosom. They didn't have air conditioning back then. No, they did not have air conditioning. These were earthy, aromatic people. There was no sensi. Okay. And no, there's no antiperspirant. um, uh, Okay, anyway. Do not do this, life group leaders, on the first night of group. It can take a while to get into this. We are a cold climate culture, which means we're a little bit standoffish, like we needed the help of that pandemic to say, say, let's get some social distance here. We're all saying, thank God, finally, cultural reasons to practice what we naturally are inclined to practice, which is distance. Because this is too close. Agreed. <laughs> Andrew, and you're wondering, how long is he going to stay here? That's what he's wondering. James had no idea this was coming today. How are we doing, James? I'm good. Okay, all right. All right. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. That means they're telling Jesus stories, both old ones and new ones. Okay, the Jesus story is like, you remember the time, you remember the time. Hey guys, remember the time Jesus is walking down the street and he's being thronged by the crowds, right? Everybody's trying to get a peach of him. And, and then what? Well, there's that woman, that woman, who, I mean, she's been bleeding for like 12 years or was it like 30 years? I don't know. But like a bunch of years she's bleeding and, and, and there's no stopping it. And she thinks this is her moment, right? And so she comes up behind because she says, the scripture says there's healing in his wings. There's healing in his wings. The wings are the task 
vessels. If I just reach forward, everyone else is clawing him. I'll just reach forward and I'll just touch one of them and I'm going to be healed. Remember that story? Remember how irritated Jairus was because during that time his daughter died? Okay, they were telling Jesus stories. And then see, James would then chime in saying, you know what? I just saw this happen last week. That remi- this is what Jesus just did this last week. That's the apostles' teaching. Nobody said, okay, we're going to break out the book of Romans and we're going to read the first 11 chapters and analyze them. Now, that's good. I love Romans. I could probably quote all of Romans. Okay, don't ask me to because I probably can't. But at certain times in my life, I could. But my point is, they didn't have Romans. They didn't have New Testaments. They didn't even have scrolls. These are poor people. Wealthy people owned the books and synagogues because you had 10 families that could pay for them. And so they kept the stories here and here, and they shared them here. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. That was the transformational core at the center. And ladies and gentlemen, it was centered at the table. Okay. Go. Go. Be blessed. These are, um, these, by the way, these are Trevor's pillows. So do with them as you will. I know nothing. Okay. Okay, that was, was that like the freakiest thing you've ever seen? Ugh. As I've been thinking about groups and community, my campus, as it usually is each week, you know, it's like my office is on a campus that extends throughout the valley because I'm having conversations with people all all over the place. This week it was downtown Java, um, and then it was the Alchemist, and and then it was here, and then it was the Alchemist, and then, wow, oh, and then it was 6.30 a.m., behind someone's trailer in a really cool, there's like this babbling brook of a canal going by. And, and we sat and we caught up and we talked and we actually were talking about community. She was talking about her group. It was a group of people who all originally were here but are here no longer. This is strange. This happens. Okay, so they were here no longer. She's not here anymore either. But you know, the relationship is still there. Because the relationship transcends institutional associations. Yes? That's called kingdom stuff. And so I'm sitting with her. Her name is Tess. I don't think she would mind. And she says, yeah, so we've got this. I said, well, how's, because I remember you had this really meaningful group. And it was out of a church downtown. I'll just go ahead and use names. It was the North End Collective, which is now the collective. Things, I don't know, things changed there and won't go into that because stuff happens in churches, Right? And so they found themselves leaving that church, but guess where they still are gathering? With each other. And now like half of them are at Hill City. One is over here, and somebody's not anywhere yet, but they're all still together each week. And they're doing that. Well, you know, literally. None of us literally do that. Do you understand I wasn't saying this is a new model? Can you understand that? This is a dynamic, you understand. Now, the degree to which we are distant from each other is the degree to which we're making it more difficult to get where they were almost immediately just by how they were in the room. 
Because how you meet gathers. Where you, wh- how you meet matters. Location can be absolutely everything. All right? So pay attention to those things. So just understand we have some work to do. It's going to require greater effort in our cold climate culture, in our discomfort at, at being close to one another. And the fact is, we're so unsafe with each other. We don't, I mean, how do we not interpret that sexually right there in our present culture? Oh, I think Mike and Andrew have something going on. You know what? We do have something going on. Oh, now I've got your attention. Andrew and I walk together frequently. And we have long, we have these marvelous long walks. Andrew, okay, how much do I embarrass you, Andrew? I'm not going to share. Okay, okay, there we go. Andrew is a tap dancer. I can't believe I get to associate with somebody who's like famous. And I'm thinking, why? Why? I, I don't understand. Well, there you go. There you go. Who else do you get up for at 6.30 a.m. to come walk for a couple? Well, no, no. It'd be like 5.30 a.m. No one. Okay, there we go. I can't believe he does that. Wow. I've had conversations all week long. Let me give you a quick diagnosis. I'm running out of time. I'm supposed to get some people up here and talk to them. And it's like I'm going to really be offending some people. I've already offended so many people, I'm sure. Okay, good. All right. Okay, I got a couple of slides. All right. Just a couple of slides. So I've been thinking. So just a little bit of the diagnostic, okay? What is it that makes it where so many of our groups don't work? You know, they don't, you know, it's like, it's like we get together and then, or is it worse that it just goes, and so I get the messages, yeah, go ahead and take our group off the list. We've dwindled. Okay. okay. Okay, this happens. Groups have life cycles. You start, and then you finish. And somewhere in between, you've got a lot of this happening. And most of us can't deal with death, and so we just try to keep the thing on life support forever, and we're just doing chest compressions. Come on! Life back in here. Come on! We're not done yet. And Jesus is saying, son, son, I did everything I meant to through that. All right, so it's okay. It's all right. Well done. Look at the new thing I've got for you now. What did Jesus do but that when he ascended? They wanted to go back to the group. Jesus said, literally, I'm out of here. And what did they do? <laughs> Jesus somewhere up beyond the clouds, and he's saying, are they moving? And they're saying, nope. Okay, will you go back down there, two of you, Go back down there and tell them, I'll come back, but not today. Go. See, this is what we do. We want the glories of the past. I think that's why Jesus is telling them, don't hold on to me. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my Father. Okay, I'm signaling something. It's not about the good old days. It's not about establishing an old flame. It's not about getting back to something that we once had. It's about the new thing that I'm doing, and I have to leave for it to happen. Welcome to community. Yeah? So thinking about that, for your consideration, um, this would be like the pie chart ones, whoever is our, our 
fantastic PowerPoint person. All right, in the first, there we go, relational. All right, if you look at this one here, Mitchell, thank you for doing these because I just did not have the time. I was talking to too many people this week. Okay, we talk about relational, transformational, missional as these dynamics within a group, right? This is what we want. Trevor talks about them all the time. And right about now, you're really missing him, aren't you? Okay, he's coming, right? But sometimes, what does a leader need to do? Yeah, he needs to leave. And then we can see what's the new thing that God's doing. And we can see what the new things God's doing in him when we are on the other side. But... Um, yeah, Trevor talks about relational, transformational, missional. My experience of most groups, not just here, this is just everywhere, so it's not like, oh, you people, look at you. You relational addicts, you. Okay, no, it's not that. It really isn't that whatsoever. But my experience is that's the percentage of relational. We have nice social gatherings. We might have some missional excursions when there's time. And we just hope to God, somehow, some way, there'll be something transformational that happens. How long would you say the lifespan of this group will be? Six months? A year? Maximum two. Because by the time you spent two years together, you're starting to know who you really are, and the relational has lost its edge, and there's nothing transformational at the core of this thing. And so, kaboom. And then we go to the next one for the next kaboom and kaboom. Now, there's another experience, which I've noted, and that's the one where we're primarily getting together to do something. Okay, hello, all you pantry people. God bless you. You're, you're like the most healthy, thriving place in the church. That sounds really bad. It's gonna, that, that offended somebody like everyone else in the church that's not in the pantry. I just know every time I go out there, I am blown away. I'm blown away. Missional. You're on mission. The beautiful thing is you've got a nice relational component that I see happening organically and naturally. There's a camaraderie. But again, for the most part, the transformational, oh, God, we sure hope so. Somehow, some way. This one can go on a bit longer, but it's still a limited lifespan because eventually people on mission do a whole lot of this and you become Paul and Barnabas who have such a sharp disagreement, you have to go your separate ways. And I'm not saying they didn't have a transformational core. It's just we experience that a whole lot more because people on mission begin to have different ideas about what the mission is and what it isn't. And we have nothing transformational that's making us like Jesus so we can actually work through this together and see what does God have for us in the midst of this mess that's unfolding. Because understand, community is messy. What did you think you were signing up for? You sign up for mess. When you have children, what are you signing up for? You're signing up for mess. Parents, oh, these kids are driving me crazy. You thought they would drive you happy? <laughs> what brochure were you reading? Which class were you taking? A couple gets married. Marital bliss. What? This, this is bliss. Whew. Missional. Relational. Uh. Okay, and so I'm thinking, so what is the cure? And you might think, oh, it's just this big transformational piece. Those groups will probably never even talk to each other because they're getting so deep into the things of God. And when they do talk, they're going to be going, oh, 
I can't bear him anymore. And they don't even know how to be together anymore. So this is what I was thinking. Okay, this is how I visually represent it. And that is, there's your transformational core. Relational and missional chasing each other around the edges of it. Okay? That's what I would see. What is that transformational core? It could be any number of things. I would say they continue steadfastly in the Jesus stories. In the koinonia, which is the sharing of life, that's you asking each other at the table, what do you need this week? And then providing for that need. Wow. And then meals, which is actually where the Lord's Supper is supposed to take place. At mealtime. And prayers. There's a transformational core. It changed these people. And it spread through Jerusalem like wildfire. We've been trying to replicate it ever since. Again, don't try to replicate. But do take a deep swig of the dynamic and say, okay, God, in this setting with me, in this place, what is that going to look like? How do, I, how do I get these elements in here? All right. Thank you. I think somebody was almost like heaving something over there. Was, you know, some people get amens. I get the heaves. It's okay. I'm totally sorry. Like, now I offended somebody over there. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, gosh. We, we actually... Okay, I'm going to try and do the rest of this now. Oh, okay. I thought this was going to happen. The rest of the sermon is out there. All right, your application. This morning, it, it's out there. Uh, and beyond there as well. Okay. A um, um, couple of things I want to say. Let's just go through these slides, okay? Is that you, Rob? Are you running these? Okay, so just go to one. Oh, I don't know. What did it say? See, I don't have my laptop, you know, because I didn't want a table, because I just wanted to sit down with you all for just a bit this morning. Um, uh, let's see. That'd be like the Wednesday Night Alive thing. Yeah, go to Wednesday Night Alive. There we go. Okay. What we're trying to do is to create a platform where community can happen because you never know how it might spring up. So we're trying to create opportunities. So I, I just dubbed it this. I don't know if this is acceptable. Trevor might just say, what a stupid idea. And that's fine. That's, that's great. But I don't know what to call it. So instead of just saying, hey, we're doing something on Wednesdays, let's just call it Wednesday Night Alive. Okay? And what we're trying to do is get childcare that's happening and then get as many things under the roof happening. We've got, we've got uh, Forge Youth happening in the chapel, uh, School of Kingdom Ministry happening in Odd One. We've got Untying the Knots with Mick and Chris Fairchild, who are at that table right there. And I asked them, is there something you'd want to say this morning? And they said, just tell them we have no idea what we're doing, which is what qualifies them for the work of ministry. Okay, they're going to be out in the hall. We'll get to that in a minute. Untying the Knots, Vine Arts. Daniker, are you here? Danica. Danica. Everybody give it up for Danica. Yes, Danica. Wow. I have no reason to kiss up to that woman. I have no reason whatsoever. But I love Danica and I love what she does. And when I, when I mentioned we're doing this, I said, ooh, ooh, I think I said this. Tell me if it's wrong. It's not about, I said, ooh, ooh, Danica, fine arts. You could do like workshops and have childcare built in for them. You could do workshops. And she said, ooh, ooh. We, we were in agreement. But we were not reclining. Husband of Danica, we did not recline at table. She was, <laughs> she was not in my bosom. Okay, anyway, okay. <laughs> Just say, Mike, stop going there. Sorry. There's a men's life group. Tim Gray, where are you? 
Are you in here, Tim Gray? Is he already gone? <gasps> Tim! All right, Tim Gray. Everybody give it up for Tim Gray. Okay. Tim Gray and company, I, I might be going a little bit long. Are you guys okay? Leave when you need to or when you just can't take it anymore. Just go ahead. No questions will be asked. Um, but, but Tim Gray has a men's group. They meet across the way in the, the I-61 conference room. Uh, and, and let me tell you something about these guys. I sent out an SOS uh, just, just shot up a flare for a senior community up behind the Albertsons on, what is that, St State Street. Several residents were facing possible eviction because they can't take care of their residents uh, as far as the yard work and such. And, and conflict in the community as a result, people don't want to look at the eyesores and so forth. And it's like, well, okay, I don't have a trailer and I don't have a truck and this I can't do. Welcome to community. And so I typically will ask the men, I don't mean to be patriarchal and sexist, I just come by it naturally, but I just ask the men. And I said, guys, guys, some of you who are like manly men, or at least men who have trailers and trucks and tools and like lawnmowers and, and, and like those weed eater things, all right, can we come over? I'm, I'm going to meet with a guy. I'm going to have him show me where these are. I'll take pictures, send them to you. Can we do this? And it was, it was Tim sharing it was his group. And I know it also, Don, Don Dutcher, where are you? There you are. Don Dutcher, another men's group. Wednesday morning's out here. Give it up for Don. Between these two groups, these guys transformed three of these homes. I was a, and one was a jungle. I mean, it was a jungle. Because they aren't just here to look cute, to have Bible studies and argue over books. They're here as a kingdom collective, ready to do kingdom business with each other. Because community is a place, it's a school of personhood. Just go to the devotions this week. If you didn't go them, go there. Well, just try it, okay? Because I can't say everything that I managed to say there. I had a little bit more time. Schools of personhood in which Jesus is allowed to go to work on us and then go to work through us. And I saw these guys step into it big time. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, they stepped into it, all right. All right. Go back, Rob, go back to screen. Okay, Rob, are you there? Are you there, Rob? Okay, there we go. Okay. Oh, book sniffers. Okay, I'm going to be down here. Who do you think's leading this? I'm doing book sniffers. We're just going to read a book. In fact, it's, it's going to be this book because there was a men's group, Mick and si Simon, are you here? Ah, Simon. Miriam, where are you? Miriam, are you in the room? <gasps> Miriam, meet Simon. There we go. Have a conversation after the service, okay? <laughs> yes, that was totally a Holy Spirit thing. God told me to connect them. No, I, I had a conversation with Miriam ahead of time. I was out there. These guys are meeting Simon and Mick, and I saw Don this last Sunday, because I come down to do funerals, and they're like having very much not a funeral. They're having a vibrant discussion, and they were, they were, they were doing this book by Andy Stanley called Not In It to Win It, and they're listening to it, and I thought, ooh, and I, as they just described, I thought, I'm going to get this. I listened to it. It's just like five hours. You binge Netflix more in a day. I'm just saying, okay? And I listened to it, and I thought, that would be a cool book to have as a book sniffers group because you get together and you go, oh, and the older the better, okay? And so it's just an invitation. If you're around on Wednesday night, you want to come down, sit with the master book sniffer. We're going to sniff a book 
by Andy Stanley, and we're, I'll probably listen to well, listen to segments on Audible, but that's all Book Sniffers is. Rihanna has copies out in the bookstore. This all starts September 14th. We're going to do other videos. Don't let this overwhelm you. I can feel Trevor in the room saying, Mike, it's too much. You're giving them too much. Too many options. Too many options. Narrow it down. And it's okay, Trevor. Go away. You're on sabbatical. Jeez, what do you have to do to get rid of somebody? Okay. All right. Wednesday night alive. Okay, so there's that. What's, what's the next one, Rob? Put the next one up. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. Okay, yeah. Almost forgot. Just came up with this one. Um, uh, talking with Karen and Kristen. Um, and actually, why don't you two go ahead and make your way up here and just sit next to me here. We're not going to recline on pillows. But the two of you, go ahead, come up here. It's going to be okay. We're going to take a minute. I'm not going to shortchange you. Go ahead. Come on up here. Everybody, give it up for Karen and Kristen. Okay. Just, just come up here. You can stand, or you, I'll give you your choice. It's not the most comfortable of seating accommodations. Andrew, toss me a pill. No, just kidding. I'm in conversation with them at the Alchemist until, what was it? It was like 8.15. We closed down the joint, didn't we? And, and, and they're literally asking, can you lift your feet as they're sweeping and mopping underneath our feet and putting up all the chairs around? Okay, not literally, but it was pretty close. It's pretty close. And... And so out of that came, okay, we really need to like reboot and restart our small community leaders, you know, life group leaders. I just don't want to limit it to those that are technically leading what would be technically called a life group, like an official small group. I just want anybody who wants to build kingdom community and is ready to think inside and outside the box. So we're going to have a lunch on 9-11 to talk about being activated for kingdom ministry. Can you think of a better date on which to talk about being activated for kingdom ministry in a world that desperately needs it than on 9-11? So that's what we're going to do. It's going to be in odd two, because that's how little my faith is that any of you will show, because <laughs> I'm just a wee man with wee faith. If we, if we have more people sign up for this, we'll move to the chapel. But I'm just starting odd two, and then we can expand from there as needed. And we're going to eat lunch, bring your spouses, bring your kids. I can't arrange child care. You do the child care for your kids. It'll be fine. We love the noise. Get used to noise. If you're doing community, there's going to be noise. There's going to be mess. Kids specialize in it. Just bring it in and bring it on. It's all good. And so we're going we're to talk. We're going to see what community life together looks like after that. Almost the last thing. Okay. Just hang on. Go to the next one. Rob? Nope. Go. There. Now we're out to the hall. This morning in the hall, it just started with renovation, formation, renovation. Greg and Sharon, and I apologize to you both because as I suspected, if I didn't show your video right at the start, it wouldn't happen and I was correct, and I just ran right through it. But they sent out a video. You should have received it. If you're on the list, it should be on our website. Go watch their video. It takes like four minutes. All right? That's like the credits on the movie that you're going to be watching later this week. Okay? Watch that. They're going to be out in the hall talking about um, uh, formation, renovation. It's a catalyst for change. What I love about renovation ministries and Greg and Sharon is they're producing communities without trying to. They have these events whether they're going in to work on their marriages or it's teens going in just to try to figure out who are we or it's formation renovation where it's like, how do we get the practices to actually start doing the stuff of Jesus? And people keep gathering. You have this intensive meeting and people just keep getting, Sharon calls them archoms. 
She said, that's just what we call them, renovation communities. So you're not trying to birth these. No, they just happen. It's like, I, w- I want you guys in the hall. We're already in the hall. Fantastic. Who else can we put in the hall? And, and Celebrate Recovery, I don't know if Celebrate Recovery is going to be in the hall. I made space for them if they're here. Celebrate Recovery produces communities because there's a transformational core. It's called the 12 steps is what it looks like. And they eat and they pray and they share testimonies and stories. And so Celebrate Recovery happens every Friday. You understand there's transformational catalysts around which community is happening all the time here. These are just a few. Untying the knots, Mick and Chris Fairchild. They're just going through the training for this. And so they're trying it out. They're looking for people who want to try it out with them. And it's like eight weeks Come and support and have fun with them. And then there is the if gathering and at his feet. Is Robin Lee Hatcher here? Robin, did you make it? Oh, hey, come on up, Robin. You come up too. You can sit on, you can sit on this side. And I will finish in three minutes. Okay? That clock is lying. It is not 1139. It's only 1137. Okay. Your time was just shortened a bit, but it's okay. It's all going to be okay. Okay. All right. So, so Karen and Kristen, uh, the IF gathering, would you guys just tell us a little bit, little bit of what you're doing? Because you're going to have a lot more time out there. But I, I want you, especially women, but not just women, because you guys have a thing you're doing called Digging Deeper every Monday night that spouses to, and so you have a mixed group. All right. So just, yeah, go ahead and tell us about that. So we've done the IF gathering two years in a row. It's a women's conference that we've been holding in the spring. And this year, we decided to launch it and make it even bigger and to continue the conversations. We were seeing the community that was building and the opportunities to continue on that community building, just like what Mike is talking talking about. And so we took the, um, some additional sessions we didn't get to see at the conference, and we've put them into a monthly gathering where we watch one or two sessions and then have about another hour, or however long you want, to stick around and to talk about it, to debrief it, to pray together. And so it's grown organically, intentionally, around very specific topics that are part of the Christian faith and growth. And we've seen just some really beautiful conversations come from that. Yeah. So the next one is on Monday, September 12th at 6 o'clock. And it's actually going to be a potluck. Okay. Um, and it's, it's open, again, for men and, men and women. Um, it, it's not just spouses. Okay. We've got some single people coming too. Um, it's a wonderful time. What we have seen so far is people really feeling a sense of belonging and value. Um, they're starting to find their identity in Christ and, and community to help them with that. Awesome. Yeah. So the next Digging Deeper on the 12th, we would love for you to come. Um, it's going to be a potluck like, potluck, like Karen said. But if you're looking for a place to connect, maybe it's a, on a low commitment level, but you want to meet other people, we would love to meet you. Um, show up, bring yourself. There, on this one, there will be plenty of food. Um, and just come ready to connect, pray, learn, and just be together. Okay, awesome. Thank you. That was educational for me because I thought it was just like, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it, it was like, no. And the last one, you just had eight people, but it was, it was like this huge encounter dealing with suffering, and it was, it was like a transformational moment at the table with eight. Um, we call them small groups for a reason, people. All right? Don't try to do the church all over again. 
See, we're not in competition what's happening here. What's happening here and what happens around a table are symbiotic, you understand. And there are things we can do here that we can't do there and things we can do there that we can't do here. It works together. And I, I love it. I have Robin here. This is Robin Lee Hatcher. And we're talking about a, a lot of, well, goodness, reclining, right? Reclining at table, close intimacy. Um, the fact is, a lot, for a lot of us, that's not an option. Robin is leading uh, what I think continues to be. I think this is fair. Someone may correct me, and that's okay. It happens all the time, so I can deal with it. Um, but I think, I think this is like the one ongoing group that is totally Zoom based, right? So it's all virtual. So my question for you, Robin, I mean, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, a little bit, a little bit, because you're going to be out there in the hall. So you're going to have a spot. Um, but my question is specifically just addressing even, so what does that look like when you have the limitations? I'm talking into a mic and I've got one. Sheesh. Okay. <laughs> Double up. Okay. But how do you do with the limitations of, of intimacy and access when you're, when you're dealing with screens? I would just say that God just put this together. I didn't have anything um, yeah. to do much with it other than I wanted to have a, I wanted to do uh, originally a Jesus and Women Bible study, which is an amazing uh, look at the New Testament Jesus with women's interactions. Um, and so I bought it. I bought the videos and I thought, well, I'll have a neighborhood study. Yeah. And then COVID arrived. COVID and so I said, well, okay, I'll do it with Zoom. And so it opened up to more people. And then I happened to comment to Trevor uh, something that I had learned in this study uh, about something he had said in a sermon. And he said, would you ever lead this again? And I said, in a heartbeat. And um, I didn't know that they were revamping the small groups into live groups. And so I, I ended up... and. Um, most of the people in my group are not members of Vineyard Church. Um, I have two in California, one in Canada, one in Washington State, one in Colorado, uh, and one here in, in the Boise area who is unable to attend church because of health reasons. And so God is just, uh, we have one younger woman, most of them are closer to my age, but one younger woman who in this last study she joined us, it was her first time to ever be in a small group in any capacity, although she's been a Christian for a long time. And it came at a time when God was moving her into a whole new, um, into a whole new direction with her career. And um, the study that we chose was hearing the voice of God. And, um, and it just spoke to her the whole way through. And it was my privilege just because I have a Zoom membership <laughs> to get to watch this happen in her life. And um, so um, I'm, just, I'm just so excited about what God is doing. And yes, you can have community even when yes. you're at a distance. You can get to know people intimately. This summer we haven't had a study. We've met for fellowships each, each month, and we've just um, visited. Awesome. Thank you, Robin. Okay. Thank you. Everybody give them a hand. Thank you for... Thank you for sharing. They're going to be out in the hall. Okay, now if you all just go ahead and stand. And I know you're thinking, I thought he would never get to this part. Okay. Now give yourselves a hand, please. Because you put up... Actually, in dance class, this is what we do. Everybody take your right hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Go like this. Good job. Good job. 
You guys are amazing. I'm still talking into a mic, and I've got one. Look at that. Eesh. Okay. No, you guys are amazing. And, and I hope you're hearing my heart in this. Let's play, people. Life's too short not to play. And you know, you fall down, you skin your knees, get up, and let's get on it again. Um, give yourself some time out. Get some, some, you know, let the bruises and scrapes heal up, but then get back out there and play. That's what, that's what kids in the kingdom do. Speaking of kids in the kingdom, go get them. Okay, I mean, seriously, go get them. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for every soul in this place. And Lord, there may be some in this place where they don't know what they were dragged into this morning and they're still trying to figure it out. Um, and, and maybe they haven't said yes to you. Although just coming here is yes on a certain level to you, Lord. And I think our lives are made up of multiple intersections where we're faced with the opportunity to say yes. And so, Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you. We say yes to your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And Lord, teach us the rhythms of the day alone and the day with others. Show us, Lord, how to do this. Give us the courage for it, the persistence through it, Lord, because community is messy. Discipleship is hard. So give us grace and courage as we venture with you to be kingdom people in a society that is desperately in need of a voice in the wilderness right now. Let us be that voice in the wilderness, Lord. The kingdom of God is right here, right in the midst of you. Let that be our voice. And we ask it through Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you all. All right. Go out this way. Not, not that way. You're not going out those doors. No, no, no. You're going out these doors to have a conversation. Bless these people, nothing else. Bless them. Find out what they're doing. And God bless you all. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.